0: howdy-hoo
1: howdy-hoo
2: howdy-boo howdy-do this is two girls one goat one ghost and we are your ghostesses that is corinne and i am sabrina and this is the 150th encounters episode
1: 150 you believe 150 that is wild 150 episodes of your you guys being haunted of your (laughs) stories that's incredible like i i can't even believe it like to, to think of how many stories we have read. Yes. How many words have been? Can we see said? how many are in how many our hauntings read on podcast? I don't know. If we can. S- well, the, that will include some of the ones that we read at the end of the episode, but me as well, because like, hmm. let's do it. I don't know. I can't. S- how many? It, I don't think it shows the whole thing. I think I'll be able to see if I do it on the computer. Okay. Let me know. Let us know. Let me tell Give me one second. Okay. We have read. As of today, mm-hmm. not not including what we're about to read, Yeah, we've read – and it's going to be over this because we've read some other episodes that are coming out before yeah. this. But roughly 1,416. That feels words. like not that many. And yet it's so uh, many. I feel like it feels like a lot.
2: Wow. Um, this is – okay,
1: that's wild. We've had to read out loud, <laughs> which was the biggest fear I ever had, and I still get anxiety about it. Yeah, 1400 times. Well,
2: you've done it, Karen. You've successfully done it 150 times times however many episodes or stories you read per episode. Mm-hmm. And the great news is that we have like 7,000 unread emails. So this there's no end in
1: sight. We're never we're going to be doing this when we're 94 years old. Oh my god, old. please. Like, it's still Can happening. we pinky
2: promise that to each other? Yes. Pinky. Ting ting <laughs> wow now
1: that we have video i mean we always had video but now that video records you and i always do stuff through the screen like we handshake we pinky promise we do the triangle like there's everything yeah we do
2: whatever we want now it's fun yeah we can speaking of whatever we want one fifty. Corinne and I decided to—I don't know—do the update episode. So, yeah, we've. Where are they now? Yeah. What's what happening? happened after that? What happened after the story that they told us? What hauntings have happened since then? What things did they leave us hanging and get
1: left cl- uh, cliffhangers? Fill in the gap. Yeah, we need to know. We need answers. So. The beauty is, yes. is that so many times when we read these stories, we email and we say, hey, we read your story on this episode, and oftentimes we ask questions in that email. Yeah. And also uh, people listen to their own stories being read and then oftentimes follow up with the the answers or the guess what happened since I last emailed you. And now
2: we're here to, we get to tell you. Mm-hmm. Should I start?
1: Yes. Okay. I'm going to
2: start with probably the more recent of the f- stories that we're reading tonight today whenever you're listening on encounters 137 we read a story mm-hmm. from our listener elise about elise's daughter nora who had an entire oh. past life and like yes, i remember this every detail it's and it's truly
1: like the best example oh, of reincarnation it's the best case of reincarnation ever it's yeah it's incredible so we should do a whole podcast just on on
2: nora this child yes well, what's amazing is that at the end of that last email, at the which we read in Encounters 137, Elise had mentioned that they were going to go to Maine and go on a trip and go to the place that Nora was from in a past life, and it has happened. Okay. Hi. We get,
1: I cannot believe we get to be here and, and hear this. This is so exciting. Yes.
2: And I think there's a bonus ghost story in it as well. Okay. Perfect. Hi, Sabrina and Corinne. I'm sorry it's taken me a while to respond to you about our trip to Maine. I do have some stories for you. It's not as exciting as I had hoped, but I will share nonetheless. First of all, I realized in my last email, I forgot to mention that this family trip to Maine was planned six months before I heard any of Nora's past life story. And she had no idea we were planning this trip. Crazy coincidence or the universe working. It's magic. So once she mentioned she was from Eastport, Maine, I was determined to make that part of our trip. When we told Nora that we were going to Maine, she got a little weird. She asked if we were going to stay there forever or just visit. When I said it was just a short vacation, she started to feel better. And once we landed, she was very quiet and just was taking it all in. And on our drive to our VRBO, she said, she said,
1: "Meow! I can see Leia's shadow coming in. She's like the monster on the side of the Come wall, in. the shadow person coming through. Come on through!"
0: People want to
2: see you. Oh, give them what they want. Big
1: baby. Big, big baby. She really baby. is so
2: big when you look at her from this perspective.
1: <laughs> she is. Also, you're little, so it makes <laughs> but I'm her not, look even more huge. I'm not that little.
2: You going to behave? Want to be here for the story? Okay. Nope. <laughs> Just a little temper tantrum. Okay. So on the drive to the VRBO, Nora said, "I remember these big trees. Indeed, I love these trees.
1: The fact, that the word, I indeed. know." And Elise even says, "That does not sound like a little kid." Elise
2: even says, "Yes, she says indeed a lot. I remember these big <laughs> trees. Indeed, I love these trees. Oh gosh, we were staying in Portland for a week, and Eastport was about four and a half hours away, but I didn't mind driving at all. So." I wanted to go explore Eastport with Abby. Well, the day we decided to go, I was giddy as ever, but my mom stopped and asked me, do you think Nora even wants to go to Eastport? I selfishly didn't even think of that. So I went to go ask her. After I asked her, her eyes welled up and she said, I don't want to go back there again. Please let's not go. I wasn't even thinking back there. No. I wasn't even thinking what this would do to her. I was just thinking about expanding on this story. So in the end, we didn't want to make her uncomfortable and we respected her wishes. We ended up taking her to a beach instead. And while there, she told me she remembered this beach and pointed to the pier and said, but this wasn't there. I thought that was strange because it was a historic pier. However, I Googled it and the pier was built in 1898, which was after Abby died. On the way back to the house, she told me stories about how her mom used to take her on a little blue wooden canoe to a lake nearby, and she said she loved it because it was just her and her mom because her siblings didn't like the canoe as much.
1: This is just such a clear memory.
2: So clear. The next day – It's not
1: just a few details. It's – so it many. doesn't it's stop. It's like a lifetime of experiences. Remember, and it's
2: like all these specifics and like knowing that the pier wasn't there, and it then you know at least doing the research and verifying that information. Everything lines up. Yeah. The next day, we took a day trip to Salem, which was amazing. We toured the Ropes Mansion, which is Allison's house in Hocus Pocus, which has been turned into a museum, perfectly preserving the Ropes family home in the 19th century. My other two kids were zooming around like typical bored little kids in a museum, while Nora slowly walked through each room with me in awe of all the artifacts. She was so excited when she saw the four-poster bed and said that her mom and her dad each had one of these beds in their rooms, except the curtains weren't blue like this. They were red with flowers. One of the tour guides behind us gave us quite a look. (laughs) Unfortunately, that's all I have from our main trip. She has been talking about it less and less. She recently turned five and I think is sadly forgetting, but I am happy I have everything written down so we can talk about it again when she's older. P.S. Here is another Nora story I wanted to share with you. It's not related to her past life, but more paranormal. One day I was having a shitty mom day. The kids were being awful all day and there was not enough wine in the house to keep me at peace. <laughs> <laughs> that evening, all three kids were fighting in Harriet's bedroom. I was in Nora's bedroom putting away endless amounts of laundry when I just couldn't take it anymore. I dropped my laundry basket, landed on my knees, and started crying. I looked up and said, damn it, Grammy and Nanny, how the hell did you do this with all your kids and still rock a smile? I just can't mom anymore and stay a sane person. I'm a horrible mom. Oh, I have to so sad. Oh, Ugh, heroes. Unsung heroes that moms are. Grammy and Nanny are my recently passed grandmothers. They had three and five children respectively. I suddenly heard the screaming kids come rushing into the room I was in, so I quickly stood up, brushed away my tears, and got my game face back on. No one saw or heard my little meltdown. I went back into mean mom mode and angrily made all the kids clean up their bedrooms until they were spotless. I remember thinking it was the first time I saw their floors in years— Everything was put away. Everything. And then everyone went to bed. The next morning, I went to wake up Nora and get her dressed for the day, still a little groggy from the horrible night before. After she got up, she immediately went to the floor right where I had my meltdown previously, and there on the floor were two little toy gems sparkling in the sunlight. She nonchalantly picked them up and gave them to me and said, these are from Grammy and Nanny. They wanted to make you happy.
1: <gasps> oh, I, my body. Oh, I know. It doesn't feel right to say I have chills <laughs> in this moment, but like, holy crap. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, Sabrina. <laughs> it's just so sweet.
2: I had no words, but my oldest who just came into the room said, but those aren't from Grammy and Nanny. They are toys from Target. And Nora responded, yes, I know that. But they are from Grammy and Nanny for Mom. They told me, I told my mom the story, and she thinks it was my grandma's. Oh my gosh!
1: No. <laughs> Ghost story. Yeah. Sometimes I really get just- you. Mm-hmm.
2: I told my mom the story, and she thinks it was my grandma's wanting me to know I was still a gem of a mom
1: even with my belt. <laughs> <laughs> <Sabrina>. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's just really sweet. It just makes me want to, like, tell my mom, like, thank you. And, like, you know, (laughs) whoo. A week or so later, (laughs) my sister, Heidi, called me to complain about how she wasted money on a psychic reading. She told me how she asked the psychic if our grandparents had any signs or symbols for us so we could know they were around us. Heidi said none of it made any sense. The psychic said that my grandpa was a cardinal. So typical. Our step-grandpa was just a sense of knowing he was around us, and my grandma's symbols were like diamonds or something sparkly. Heidi was like, that doesn't oh? even make sense. But then I went on to tell her my gem story with Nora, and Heidi said, oh, crap. Maybe I shouldn't have hung up on the psychic then.
1: My bad.
0: <laughs>
2: <gasps> no! Call her back!
1: Oh, my God! Um, <laughs> I mean... Holy shit. I can understand in the moment feeling like taken advantage of if nothing's making sense and you're like, yeah, this person's just taking my yeah. money and like saying things about my loved ones to like try to get me route. Like I can, f- I understand feeling like insulted by it. Mm-hmm. But damn. Yeah. You, you found a real a one. A real one. And that's such a, I mean,
2: that's, I think, the beautiful thing about psychics is like sometimes. You don't know – like, the information they give you doesn't make sense. But then talking to someone else in your family puts it all together. Mm -hmm. Elise signs it off saying, that's my happy little feel-good story. Hope you liked it. See you on the other side, Elise.
1: Wow. Oh, Elise. Okay. Feel good and feel crying. Yeah. Respect to Elise as a mother for not pushing Nora to go. And I I feel like it's so easy – to be excited by something like this, yeah. and as a parent or authority figure, be able to kind of like push the story along yeah. because you have the power to, to do that, right? And you but want I, to know. I'm glad like, that it, it is intriguing. Right.
2: We all want to know, but like she makes a good point. It was right
1: for her. yeah. Nora doesn't want to go back. Nora's past self enjoys remembering in the moment where she is, but doesn't want to be yeah. back in that. I can imagine how painful it would be.
2: And I do remember, like, didn't, like, a chandelier fall and crush Abby? Like, the death, does sound, was pretty traumatic. So I do think Mm -hmm. it's very possible that the part of Nora that is Abby, remembering that and going back to that place would, you know, bring up that sadness of the fact that, like, they can't see their family again from their past life. Right.
1: And fear, too, because it makes me wonder if – Part of this past life coming forward so aggressively yeah. for Nora is because there's some trauma, like, from that experience that part of her soul hasn't hasn't accepted yeah. or moved past. Yeah, that's a good point, too. And that would be a real big open wound and really scary, especially for a little girl, yeah. too. And, like, as a parent or as a chaperone, what are you supposed to do yeah. in that situation? It's like, you're, there's no immediate threat that you can see or control it's all within so it's it's really hard to step in and help in that situation so i'm glad they didn't fully go yeah still got an experience at the beach yeah and heard about
2: the like canoeing on the lake which makes me wonder if elise and nora go canoeing if nora in her life still enjoys the things that she had done in a previous life
0: Mm
1: -hmm. yeah oh my gosh and then the gem story I mean that got you, Sabrina. It, oh my gosh! Yeah, I, it, I think it got a lot of people. Who <laughs> it destroyed me in the like in the best way because it's
2: like I, I'm not a mother, and but like I I just think mothers, parents, it's just such a thankless job. It is so much. It it is the most selfless job, and I I just think I just get I understood that moment. Like I had such empathy for Elise in that moment, and like to just for like the. <laughs> For Nora to have this experience with her grandparents, and like the gems being the exact spot where Elise had been kneeling, mm-hmm. and you know, like she was calling for help, like she she needed help and guidance, and as we all do, and for her to like receive it, oh, I just thought it was is that's magic,
1: yeah, a really strong ancestral line. Oh my too, gosh, right? Yeah, like to have everybody to call out for it and immediately be like, "We're here," yeah. We're here with you, Ugh. and also the follow through on Nora's part, yes. because I think there's a, there's a lot of risk as a spirit coming forth and trying to use a, a child as your form of as your conduit as your form of communication yeah. to like pass along a message. They, they might not say anything. They might not remember. They might move on. Nora is
2: like, oh gosh, what a little special little child Nora is. Yep, I agree.
1: We're big fans of Nora here. (laughs) I think. The biggest fans. (laughs) Thank you, Elise, for introducing us to Nora's story. Yeah. Okay. So I have a follow-up from our listener, Cece. We've heard from Cece a few times. And in one email titled, Do I Really Exit My Body Every Single Fucking Night?, (laughs) That we read in Encounters 109 to give everyone a a bit of a recap. Cece had told us about losing her dad when she was a child. And then a few years after his passing, she, her mom, and her sister moved to Hackettstown, New Jersey. Hmm. And in this apartment, there was a media stand from her dad's house and framed pictures on it, one being an angel. And it kept moving around until her mom basically asked her dad's spirit to stop moving it around. And then it stopped. And then Cece had many dreams of having phone calls with her father, and when she moved to Colorado with her fiancé when she was an adult, she set up a shrine for her dad with crystals and spiritual items, like intention jars. And one of the intention jars had a charm of an eye of Buddha on it, mm. on the lid. And when she walked away from it, uh the Buddha charm flipped upside down, and she believed that was her father. Mm. So – This is a recap to yes, or or that was the recap, but this is a follow up to all of those. Oh my gosh! Okay, I love this, and this is
2: also a call to everyone who's sent us stories, and we've responded. We genuinely want to know the answers to our questions. Like, please respond.
1: And and whether or not we write those questions in the email or just say them in the podcast when we're listening to your like, and if anything else happens after that, tell us. Follow up in like a chain of email, like respond to your original original email so that we have it all together. That will help us greatly. Yes. Um, Please. But yeah, we want to know. We do. Okay. So here's the update from Cece. The Buddha charm flipping on my intention jar was the first of a handful of things that happened when I moved into that apartment. The others I know in my heart was not my dad. I've questioned why I am suddenly experiencing things and chopped it up to becoming more strong in my craft. So after my dad gave me his blessing for the new apartment, through the Buddha charm flipping in the previous email, my man brought home some walkie-talkies. We have a close friend that lives in the same complex that we do, just a few buildings away, and we gave our buddy the other walkie-talkies because we are all still children and we like to have fun <laughs> it's because so it fun. sucks sometimes. I love walkie-talkies. Anyway, <laughs> I know. We should do that, Sabrina, except we're not nearly at the Ugh. same frequency, but that would be so fun. We do
2: have Marco Polo, which I love. We
1: do. And we could use walkie-talkies on our Apple That's watches. true. Okay. It's just you get no control over what's said yeah, and where, where you are when it said. When. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So probably not. Okay. Anyway, I was home alone one day, which was the case a lot during 2020. I've worked in restaurants for 10 years, and everyone knows what a hit the service industry took during this whole thing. So I'm home alone, fighting depression at this point, like so many others did this past year. And that time of the month is creeping up fast. I've had issues with my reproductive system for as long as I can remember, different problems here and there throughout my life, and during this time, I was experiencing very sharp pains starting at my pelvic region and going up near my belly button. Not fun. Oh, jeez. I awoke in a great deal of pain and was trying to will myself out of bed when I hear the static of the walkie-talkie in my kitchen. We had been using them, so I just assumed it was our friend, but it was strange because he works a normal work schedule, and it was like 8 a.m. on a Monday or Tuesday. So I ignore the staticky calls, you know, the like, shh, shh, but it kept happening. Hmm. So annoyed, I got out of bed, and I picked up the walkie and said, please stop in a very stern voice. On the other end responded, a little girl. <gasps> my friend does not have children. Oh, my gosh. He didn't even have his cat at this point. I was so freaked out because the voice sounded exactly like my niece, but when she was young. I mean, it was her. She's 15 now, but it sounded like she did when she was seven in the walkie-talkie. That is the so The same creepy. age she was when – Yes. I know. It makes me think of, like, all the wrinkles and time and, like, how things could slip yeah. and if this is a memory of her when she was seven and didn't realize she was talking to the future, hey. you know? Oh, gosh. But it sounded like she was seven in the walkie, the same age that she was when we were living together at my mom's place. So I texted my friend who said he was almost positive his walkie-talkie was turned off. I thought it could have been some sort of weird crosstalk with a kid on the same channel or something. But she responded to me in an annoyed tone herself and said, I was just checking on you. Given the context of the story and the amount of pain that I was in, and it was someone that I have been very close with, this gave me chills. But it's nice knowing that I have someone looking out for me besides (laughs) my dad. Yeah, it's like the her her sister's past self in, like, some weird astral It's like a niece. Way.
2: It's her niece, though, right? Like, so it's – Who's still her, alive. Oh, yeah, sorry,
1: her niece. So, yes, it's like the
2: past version of her Ugh. spirit. <laughs> I
1: don't know how it works. Oh, my gosh,
2: I just saw a TikTok the other day about this woman. I think – so a lot, a lot of people tagged us in it. This woman's childhood home – that she has not lived in in like fifteen years, um, and she was a kid when she grew up in it. Like her name was never on the house or anything. She continues to get calls about it whenever it's on the market, or people will call her asking if she wants to sell the house, and she's like, "I don't live there. I've never owned this house." Oh, and then I saw this too. And um, people will have to like post it somewhere because basically, a man who or a realtor, someone basically says like, "Well, your voice. I hear your voice in the house all the time." Like, her, yeah. she haunts the
1: house. It was the current owner, yes. And she was like, it's it's interesting because, like, maybe it's some weird residual, yeah. like, like, stain of my own energy. Like, I lived there for a long time. But it's her voice that he hears as a ghost throughout the house. So wild. So maybe it is. But it's, like, weird because it sounds, it feels residual, but it sounds active, you know? Right, which
2: makes me think that, like, she's still living there in a different timeline.
1: Yeah. Ugh. You can, I mean, again, We we always go back to Haunting of Hill House because it was just like all of the different paranormal paranormal tropes and yeah, it truly, it it hit everything. Yeah. Also, I think it's worth mentioning that my niece has recently started down a spiritual path after I gave her a tarot reading a summer or two ago, and she accidentally leaves her body when she meditates. (gasps) Shrug. Whoops. So it could have (laughs) really been some form of her actually checking in on me. Even though she's in New Jersey and I'm in Colorado, she's experienced the paranormal all the time. So I'll get her to write down some stories and send them to you because my girl is sensitive. (laughs) I'm also emailing you to tell you more tales and to clear up a past email. And the first email you read of mine, I put, do I really leave my body in my sleep? And then I proceeded to not mention it at all in the email (laughs) from excitement most likely. (laughs) I've had many strange experiences and writing into my favorite paranormal podcast gave me the chills in the best possible way. Firstly, the astral traveling that I didn't even know I was doing was until I met a beautiful and fabulous and amazing woman with a gift for communicating with the other worlds, channeling and many other forms of healing and being a straight up badass boss queen goddess. Can we have (laughs) her contact information, please? I know. I wish we did. Uh, let's call her Aphrodite because she exudes that energy to me, all the love, all the time. I met her at my spiritual sister's flea market, and Aphrodite's husband reached out to a friend who was trying to quit smoking at the time, which comes into play to prove that Aphrodite is legit shit, (laughs) responding to a post that she had put on Facebook about the event. My friend got in contact with Aphrodite via phone for their first encounter ever. Let me me repeat, they had never met. Hmm. They're on the phone for a whole two minutes when Aphrodite starts coughing and says to my friend, my chest is on fire. Are you trying to quit smoking by chance? What the actual sage? (laughs) I was helping out with the market, but I knew I had to talk to this woman. I approached her at a time that I felt wasn't bothersome, and she said hello to me, and then I completely broke down. Like, I ugly cried. Where this wave of uncontrollable emotion came from, I had no idea at the time. But in hindsight, I'm very good at bottling things up and wanting to deal with deep emotional wounds on my own, even knowing that I don't have to do so. It's been a learning process, and I'm getting much better at it than I was at this time, the summer of 2020. Just a little flex in hopes someone who's down right now needs to hear that it's not impossible to climb out of your hole. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I physically and spiritually felt this total stranger clear out my root chakra. I literally felt it as if she jump-started it or unblocked it just enough for me to become aware of it in a way that I'd never before been. Oh. She proceeded to tell me that I have guilt that I'm holding on to that needs to be released, and we went on from there. She spoke with me for almost two hours with information from my spirit animals, one for every direction, and reassuring me that I'm on the right path by smiling a wide, beautiful smile and exclaiming, Mama, you're a witch! Oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah. I want someone to say that to us. Oh my gosh, Mama, Please. you're a witch! Something I just embraced very recently before I met her. And she also told me that I visit my loved ones and those that I care for when I sleep, which is hey. why I never remember my dreams.
2: Wow. Something
1: that I had not disclosed to her. The reason that I don't remember is because my feeble human brain cannot comprehend these journeys. Wow, Sabrina. So maybe you're even more powerful that you remember Maybe. Them. Maybe that's your super
2: power. Okay. That's your witchcraft. Well, I just it's so funny because like recently I've been like asking to talk to my loved ones a lot and I've yet to remember It's one of those things where like I desperately want to remember – the like if I am having conversations, it's amazing, but I think I need to know what we're talking about because I need some guidance, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. A little therapy from up above. Everything has a price, especially with what is not tangible. She also told me that I have these massive wings that create these large gusts of wind that can be intimidating to other souls. Hmm. So maybe that's why I've always gotten that – I'm intimidating, even though I'm barely over five feet, and I spend my free time drawing mandalas and watching anime and witchcraft, but the white stuff, you know? Also, with these badass wings I have, maybe Sabrina and I can fly right into the mothership and see what's popping once and for all. Headline will read, two young baddies from New Jersey make contact with alien that saves the climate, ends war in Ukraine. Dreamy sigh. If only. I mean, I'm willing to try. Let's do it. Two baddies from New Jersey. (laughs) That's you. Yeah. Next is my first otherworldly experience ever. I was about five, still living with both of my parents as a family before my parents had split. And my dad passed before I could explain to him what I meant when I said, I just see differently than other people, which is explained in this and many other emails that I have and I'm sure will send (laughs) you. My dad usually left our house in the small town in Jersey to get to the city where he and my mom were both from. My dad grew up in the Burbs in the 50s, and my mother's from the projects in the 70s of Newark, New Jersey. My dad was a beloved music teacher, and he made sure to show up for his students. This particular morning, I woke up around the same time that I always did as a small child, between 7 and 9, I left my room and I went straight to my parents' room to wake my mom up and help with my breakfast, something I could do but preferred not to (laughs) because I was five years old. (laughs) She was sound asleep and I looked up from her bed through the doorway into the other room down the hall. There were three steps into the living room and I could see the piano against the wall in the living room very clearly from the bed. And I was nervous to see someone sitting at it that was not my father.
2: Hmm.
1: And my dad wasn't even in the house at the time. He was looking down at something in his hand, maybe mail, and there seemed to be a slender, shiny object on the bench next to him, maybe a letter opener. I'm not sure, but most shocking about this man, besides his entire existence, was the dapper way he was dressed. Black suit, the black hat, kind of like a short top hat or a boulder cap, not a fedora, Hmm. very specifically shaped, more like a classic hat. But the 24 years since this has happened makes this a little bit fuzzy. Even more shocking than the attire was his skin. It was pink, not the fleshy peach or even fleshy pink of some skin tones, but it was like pepto pink. Oh. Almost like the same color as the house that we were within, painted at my mother's request. Sorry, Dad. Wait a second. Wait, no, this is in New Jersey. I just started to think about the uh, email that we had read on where episode someone was 190. Described. Yeah. 190, where the listener story at the end was describing the inside walls as Pepto-Pink. I was like, oh, my God, is this the person who moved (laughs) into that house? you imagine? Oh, that would have been – That would be like, whoa, small world. If we – Yeah. Yeah. His skin also had a strange texture to it. It almost looked waxy, kind of like when they cover Kevin Bacon in the skin in the movie Hollow Man. And I did consider that I had seen the movie and somehow maybe made this up in my memory, in my head after watching the movie as a kid – But the movie came out years after this incident Mm. happened. I stared down at him, not looking away out of fear, shaking my mother gradually more violently as she continued to slumber. I don't know if I made a sound or if he felt me looking at him, but he slowly turned his head towards me, panicking, I shook harder as fast as my little arms could go, and I looked down at my mom to see if I made even a little bit of progress, and when I whipped my head back up to look at him, he was gone. Oh. Vanished. No sound, no movement that I saw. Nothing. The cover to the keys of the piano were open, which was usually kept shut, and the bench pushed out like someone had just been sitting there, but no evidence of anyone actually being there. This encounter has stuck with me my entire life, and I've always been very curious of it. I know I had this encounter, and the next major event in my life was the passing of my father. How close the two actually were is unclear to me, although I hope to find out someday about the hat man at my father's piano. Hmm. The first time I heard the coin hat man was on this very podcast, and it brought me some comfort knowing that there may be a possibility that I'm not the only one who may have been visited by this being. He also gives me kind of B.E.K. (laughs) vibes. Like, he was trying to look human but failed miserably. It's also worth noting. Yeah. It's also worth noting that I don't remember his eyes. They were just black holes or maybe he was wearing sunglasses. They were probably black holes. And my mind added the shades to make it less terrifying in any way that it can. But, like, let's be real. Nice try, brain. That shit was still scary as fuck. (laughs) And then, lastly, and also CC sent us so many emails. CC has so many experiences, (laughs) but – This is just the last one that I'm going to read right now, because we could go on for like three more hours. uh, The CC episode. The CC episode. Lastly, my little dude, the only man I truly need in my life. Sorry, babe. One of my soulmates and possibly vessel of a piece of my deceased father and familiar, the one and only Saxton Jazz. Named after the instrument my father played in the state of Louisiana that he and his littermates hailed to Colorado from, my old roommate was looking online for kittens because she thought I needed a pet and how wrong she was. I needed my companion. Sex. <laughs> she found a picture of him and we drove to meet this little guy. I wasn't in the best shape. I just moved to Colorado from Ohio, running from drug addiction and my past, trying to get it together but not doing a great job of it. I was young, 23, and I know I looked younger than I was, but I had an edge about me that you could feel from a mile away because I was always on guard and made sure everyone knew it. Mm -hmm. The woman who worked there looked at me funny, probably smelling the whiskey, which is bad enough, but thinking I was a teenager probably made the mess that I seemed a little bit worse to them based on whatever experiences they had in their own lives. So I go in and I meet this tiny kitten and I pick him up and he just slings right to me like he was (laughs) waiting for me. And the woman eventually found out how old I was and chilled out a little bit, seemed a little bit more relaxed around me, and they weren't sending the kitten off to this horrible environment. And we chatted more about the cat formerly known as Griffin. They told me what his birthday was, and it was the same day as my father's death anniversary. When this came to light, the woman rejoiced and exclaimed, That's (laughs) your cat. He is the coolest guy I know. He loves belly rubs, doesn't eat my plants, can sit and shake, and most importantly, he knows when I'm sad and he never gets mad at me, and he loves to help me sage my apartment and do tarot readings and other forms of divination. He's very mellow like my dad, and I like to think that there's a piece of him in there or this little lion was a gift from him to help heal my heart from his loss and to be by my side during the second most painful death I recently Mm. experienced, my only brother and my dad's only son. It's been a bumpy ride, but I feel like if I wake up being cuddled by a 15-pound mini mancoon, I'm going to be able to get through the rest of my day with healthy coping mechanisms and can come home to my sweet boy, two other fur babies, and a partner who has had my back no matter what. And my mom. Always my mom. Take care. Stay spooky. Cece. Oh, Cece. Oh. I just, I
2: don't even know so much where to start. On. This is so, ugh, gosh, I'm so glad you have your little Saxton, adorable pet cat who is.
1: And a good support system. Yeah. Yeah. Great support system. Saxton.
2: And I'm sorry for so many, all the losses you've experienced, but my gosh, it mm-hmm. sounds like your family is present everywhere and constantly right. making sure you know that they are watching over you
1: and even i mean like yeah like to to an extreme yes to, to the point where like a family members who are still alive somehow yes. manipulate space and the astral plane and whatnot to like still be there for mm-hmm. for cc when cc needs it and like uh, finding the person the aphrodite at the fair and, and Unreal. just just surrounded by people who seem so in tune and so good at doing exactly what's needed of them for Cece yeah. at the time. It's just really – it's really magical. So magical. And it sounds like – well, Cece is a witch, which is
2: so cool. And it sounds totally. like Cece is going to – Mama, you're a witch. Mama, you're a witch. Hell, yeah. So cool. I want to know more about your abilities and your powers and your dreaming of your loved ones and your relatives while you're sleeping. And I just, I just think it's so cool – That in this podcast, we have been able to communicate with people who are in all different places with their like journeys of spirituality and like discovering their talents and their abilities Mm and whether they're in the beginning and they're like, you know what, I'm opening myself up and I know I have these abilities and I'm going to learn more about them or they're freaking pros and they're astral traveling all the time and leaving their bodies or talking to their family all the time. I, I just think it's so cool. There's a
1: lot of people for us to learn from here. Yeah.
0: According to a recent Indeed survey, and listeners of this show will get a seventy-five dollars sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com/podcast. That's Indeed.com/podcast. Terms and conditions apply.
2: With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards found them. Software engineers found that project manager I could never seem to hire and found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash
1: spoken. Terms and conditions apply.
2: My next story is from our listener, Lindsay, whose story we originally read in Encounters 126. And it was all about the haunted fire station that Lindsay works at and how there was like a moaning myrtle type of haunting or ghost in the bathroom, how there's all these knocks, and that a lot
1: of people at the station played with Ooh. a Ouija board. And Oh This yes. is the one where Lindsay was like, I'm not, I'm not playing, right? Yes. Lindsay was like, I'm not, I'm not yes. participating in this. Yes. Okay. I remember this. Yes. So Lindsay followed up
2: to answer some of your questions. Isaac is totally like moaning myrtle. He seems to really like the bathrooms here. Some firefighters said that our station was so- built on some type of burial or Native American land, and they suspect Isaac may be connected to that. I did just learn that some people have seen a man in bloody Civil War attire walking around and disappearing into the walls. Oh my god. Some of the calls that we deal with are also medical, and some are domestic violence with the results being terrible. We believe that those victims' spirits will sometimes follow us back to the station, perhaps because they feel safe. There was one time, after a really bad car accident, that I had a child's spirit attach itself to me. After several slightly scary encounters, I said a prayer for their well-being and had to politely tell them to go to the light. Every once in a while, I can feel that spirit hang around with me while I'm at the station. It doesn't scare me anymore. I just say hello, I say a prayer, and the playful spirit goes away. Firefighters have played with Ouija boards here before, so I imagine that the demonic entity is a result of that. My coworkers either don't believe in it or don't know the proper way of ending a Ouija board session, and so listening to your podcast has helped me try to explain it to them. Halloween was wild. We went out to pass candy to the trick-or-treaters, and when we returned to the station, all of the lights in the station and doors to our bedrooms were closed. We left when the sun was still up, so there were no lights turned on, and we usually leave all of our doors open. Throughout the night, doors would slam, shut, and rattle. One of the firefighters said he heard a little girl's giggle, and others, including myself, saw shadow figures. Needless to say, I slept with my lights on and watched Disney movies to help me fall asleep. No shame in my game. We all admitted to sleeping with our lights on that night, lol. Thank you again for reading my stories. I will write again with my alien stories and hauntings from my childhood Hope you gals yes. have a oh this is back with Thanksgiving. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Take care,
1: Lindsay. Okay, that was Thanksgiving, and now it's almost a year and later. So more updates, Lindsay goes more <laughs> updates. I mean, incredible. Yeah. I'm I'm glad that we get more information on Isaac. I'm glad that I mean, I'm not glad that like the Ouija board and, and things are are continuing. Mm-hmm. But it's so fun for us that yes. we get updates from the firehouse and from the people that are experiencing all the paranormal. Yeah. It's the best. And I mean it's the best, but it's also
2: I feel bad for Lindsay because Lindsay's working with people who are very clearly playing with Ouija boards in a way that
1: maybe you should not be playing with Ouija boards. So mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Well, and that's the hard, hard thing for Lindsay, right? Because Lindsay can say, like, oh, I'm not participating in this. But it doesn't mean that then you're protected as someone who says no from everything else that's just floating through the space that everyone else brought in
2: yeah and i mean and Lindsay makes a good point like they do deal with some pretty devastating situations and so it's no wonder Mm -hmm. that spirits follow them back to the station or continue to haunt because they're confused or scared yeah yeah
1: (sighs) sad what do you have Okay, so from Encounters 122, we received an email that said, my mom's demon doppelganger slash my dad found me. What? From Shelby Ray. And so we read that email from Shelby Ray into uh, – b- Shelby had written us both a scary story and a heartwarming one, uh-huh. but the scary one involved following her mom around the house and her mom not answering her until she finally finds her actual mom and realizes she'd been following Ugh, like, so a doppelganger scary. through the house. Uh-huh. Which really scared her actual mom because her mom was like, oh, God, like, stuff happened to me when I was a teenager. Oh, yeah. And this is (gasps) making me scared that, like, things are happening again. Oh, my God, I forgot. And we got no information as to what those things were. So this is a prequel. That her mom had experienced. Is this a prequel follow-up? This is a prequel. Oh, hell yeah. Not a sequel, a prequel. Okay. Okay. All righty. This is the bad experience my mom had with a Ouija board. She was in her late teens at the time, and she was spending time at her grandparents' house with all of her cousins. This was right around the time one of her friends had been in a car accident and had passed away. So she and her cousins got a Ouija board and tried to communicate with her past friend. She asked the board if her friend was present and if she could speak with her. Some time passed before the planchette started moving, but when it did, it spelled out, ha, 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 (gasps) ha, ha. ha." The room felt heavy and they all freaked out. So my mom grabbed the board and put it back in the box without saying goodbye. She then thought the best way to dispose of it would be to burn it. (laughs) No. LOL. Yeah. So (laughs) that's what they did. No. (laughs) They watched it burn. But a few weeks later, when she went into the closet that the board used to be stored in to get something, there was the board sitting on the (laughs) shelf. I'm not okay. (laughs) She freaked out and she went to tell her brother about it because he saw the board burn originally too. And when they went back to the closet to check on it, it was gone. She said she never saw it again after that, but that's when she began being stalked by whatever entity followed her for over 20 years now. She even felt it tried to enter her body one time like a possible possession, but it wasn't successful. What the That heck? was one email. Then we get another email from Shelby Ray. Okay. More backstory on her mom. Okay. My mom's bad experience happened when she was 18, a few years before she married my dad. My dad worked out of town a lot because he was in construction, and she spent a lot of time alone in our house and would hear strange footsteps down the hall or whispers randomly. One night, she was dozing off when she felt a kiss on her cheek. She thought it was my dad surprising her by coming home early, and she rolled over in excitement. But it was not my dad. Oh, no. In fact, nothing was there. She said she felt so scared that she actually left the house with my brother in tow. I wasn't born yet, lol. And spent the night with my grandma, her mom. So literally my whole life, something has been following my mom and messing with the rest of us. She told me the worst night terrors that she's ever had was when my dad was out of town. That seemed to be when the most activity happened. I would sleep with her because I think we both felt better just to not be alone. And she told me about one of her dreams where the entity that preys on her made her think that it had me and my brother. Oh. It told her that she had to choose what was most important to her. She could either choose us or choose her cats. What? But to get to us, trigger warning. She had to kill and eat all of her cats. What the heck is this entity? It's so dark. It's so dark. It's it's truly like... There were other people playing with the Ouija board that first night. So it's like, why why her? Why her? I mean, for all we know, maybe it did splinter off and attach itself equally to everybody. Kind of like the final destination of demonic Ouija board experiences. Don't like that. I know she must have felt so helpless because she loves her cats and she loves us so much. (laughs) However, right before she was going to have to follow through, she woke up. Whatever this thing was that follows her, it knows exactly how to hurt her. I actually think the reason she had so many animals was to protect herself in some way. We also have a black lab named Sable that refused to enter the house after something had cornered her upstairs. Once she got out of that house, she never went back in willingly. She slept on our enclosed porch for the rest of her life, but sadly she was hit by a car there one night. Oh no. Anyway. I feel like I could write a book on all of her experiences alone. We also had a seemingly benign house ghost that I named Sally and blamed a lot of strange occurrences on. Luckily, in recent years, we haven't experienced much because we don't give whatever it is any attention or anything to feed off of. Side note,
2: that reminds me. So my friend Jill who has two daughters, Jill and Steve, They um, their four-year-old has this imaginary friend, Curly, and Curly does- Curly? Curly does a lot of bad things. It's like, I took Abby to go wash her hands in the bathroom, and she goes, Curly's licking the toilet seat. Curly's being bad. And like, tell him to stop licking the toilet seat. But basically- Is Curly a dog? No, what we think, what they think it is, is that like, she has these thoughts of like, things that she knows she shouldn't do so she has curly do them
1: oh oh interesting she's projecting all of her intrusive thoughts onto an imaginary friend yeah you know what that's kind of smart maybe i'll start doing that with mine (laughs) i'm gonna borrow curly for a minute take curly (laughs) take curly for a ride that's so funny like don't lick the toilet seat yeah but what if i did what would happen (laughs) it's cute oh that's cute I hope that's what it is. I know. <laughs> it's not something worse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. To end it off in a little bit more of a, a lighter note, um, Shelby Ray says, "I like to think my dad is protecting us to some extent now. Since he's passed, I felt the sense of security that I didn't quite feel before. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid of death and the afterlife nearly as much now." as morbid as that may sound. So I know you guys were wondering about who met my grandma on the other side when I said that I thought that she was the one that had met my dad when he passed from a previous email. Well, in 2011, my uncle passed too soon due to health complications, and this was one of my dad's older brothers. My dad was the baby of five boys. My uncle and dad were close all through life, always finding trouble to get into. So my mom's theory was that since my dad was dying, God said, oh, no, we need their mom here because they're going to be a handful. (laughs) (laughs) I hope that answered some of your questions about my stories. I will be sure to write in a few more of my experiences for now. Channel Sabrina's whisper. See you on the other side. Oh. And then Shelby Ray goes. P.S. My coworkers are blaming me for the weird things that are happening around our warehouse because I've been binging TGOG. Oopsie, what's happening, <laughs> Shelby? I know another follow-up email. Wow.
2: Okay. There's so much to unpack here because Shelby's mom has so many encounters, mm-hmm. and I'm, I am curious because this was like the prequel, right? So I'm curious what the sequel is because Shelby's mom in the first story was concerned that this was like a sign that things were happening again. So has anything picked up again? Right. Yeah.
1: How much more? I mean, it sounds like Shelby thinks that her dad is protecting them in some way. But yeah, I am curious. Like what? What more has happened? Like, what happened after that doppelganger experience, you know? Did anything else happen? Did you see that doppelganger again? Did your mom go through any measures to protect herself in the house? Did the Ouija board ever
2: resurface once more? And, like, what's the last experience that Shelby's mom has had with this entity, you know? Also, what is... Right. I'm curious to know what Shelby's dad, because I, t- I totally believe Shelby's dad is now protecting the family. And I imagine Shelby's dad, like, like standing up, like doing a stand down with um, the demon or whatever this entity is. And I'm just curious mm-hmm. what he learned about it. I want to know. It's like, it's yeah. the stuff that like I shouldn't want to know, but I'm just so curious. Like, who, what is this entity? Right. What did it want? Why does it do this? What are your, who hurt you? And well, and it's, we ju- it's just you? so
1: aggressive, like the yeah. what it's picking out to project into, like the night terrors are disturbing. So disturbing. Also, I feel like there's something weird going on where I don't know if we're just picking these emails out or if we're <laughs> getting them more frequently, but I feel like in recent past, we've had a few emails that are similar where it's like the darkness that is it, there's just such disturbing images being put into yeah. people's minds by these yeah. entities. I think it's a t- it's
2: a fear tactic. It's yeah.
1: manipulative. It's fear-inducing. It's just
2: all around messed up.
1: I, but well, you know what? Encounters
2: 150. It's messed up. But there's also the happy ones, like we read with um, Elise's story, where like her nanny and grandma are watching over her and making us cry. You know, there's beautiful things exactly. that also happen in the paranormal world, and we just love a bit of everything. Hearing more from all of you, so. To the 1,000 plus that we have read on the podcast and emailed and said, hey, tell us more. Tell us more. And to the the 7,000 of you and then the ever however many others of you listening, continue to send us your stories. We will continue to read them and we want to hear everything. Send us
1: updates along the way. Yes.
2: Tell us everything. Well, we love you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You can support us on Patreon. You can join our Pyramid Scheme. You can rate and review us on iTunes, follow us on social media. And buy our merch Pyramid stickers yeah. Get everyone to join, join the, the Triangle Thank you to our editors at Upfire Digital Aiden Manning, Eric Foster, Max Lodian Thank you for editing our show And thank you all of you for listening And watching on YouTube
1: And we will See you on the, the other, other side Toodaloo
0: Very spooky